Okay, uh, here we go. All right. This is Gary Goldman, and you're listening to me on PF's tape recorder. Or I could say, this is Gary Goldman, comedian, and you're listening to PF's tape recorder. Hello there, I'm PF. This is my tape recorder. Coming up, comedian Sam Tripoli. I got blackballed from uh, the Key Club because I was hosting a uh, bikini contest. One of the girls decided she went, wanted to go Game of Thrones and just get naked on stage, which where I'm from, naked beats bikini every day. We'll hear more from Sam in just a little bit. It's another case of CSI crime song investigation, and we have a little uh, special announcement at the end of the show about something new we're going to try. But first, as always, fake news. And now, fake news with me. United Airlines says it has become the world's first carrier to operate an airline fitted with the new split scimitar winglets on a commercial flight. The new design helps reduce drag, thus saving fuel and lowering operating costs for the airline, saving millions of dollars. You still have to pay extra for your bags, though, sucka. President Obama wrote a handwritten apology to University of Texas art historian Ann Collins Johns last week after she took offense with an off-cuff dig the president took at art history majors in a recent speech in Wisconsin. I promise you folks can make a lot more, potentially, with skilled manufacturing or the trades than you might with an art history degree, Obama said in his January 30th speech, which was focused on better aligning job training programs with employer needs. Now, nothing wrong with an art history degree. I love art history, so I don't want to get a bunch of emails from everybody. But he did anyway. Many art history majors, in fact, were outraged to hear the news upon returning from their second jobs. A judge has struck down a Nebraska law that allowed the Keystone XL oil pipeline to proceed through the state. Lancaster County Judge Stephanie Stacy issued a ruling Wednesday that invalidated Nebraska Governor Dave Heinemann's approval of the route. Stacy says the decision should have been made by the Nebraska Public Services Commission, which regulates pipelines and other utilities. The ruling could cause more delays in finishing the pipeline, which could carry oil from Canada to Texas refineries, as well as the table of Nebraska. Swimsuit-clad model Kate Upton dives and floats not in water but through the air for a new spread in the Sports Illustrated swimsuit issue. Upton flew on a Zero Gravity Corporation flight to model a new bikini and one-piece fashions in Weightless, the spread entitled there in Sports Illustrated's 2014 swimsuit issue, which hit newsstands this past Tuesday. She defies gravity in the pictures, but as us old folks know, gravity will catch up. A Utah lawmaker has proposed a bill that would limit the state's ability to regulate greenhouse gas emissions, claiming that the atmosphere could use twice as much carbon dioxide as it has now. That is according to State Representative Jerry Anderson. He introduced a bill, HB 229, which would change the definition of an air contaminant to exclude natural components of the atmosphere, such as carbon dioxide, from being defined as contaminants. Anderson added that our water needs more mercury, paint should contain more lead, and kitchens start smoking by the first grade. Hillary Clinton would defeat each of her potential 2016 Republican rivals in Ohio if the election were held today, according to Quinnipiac poll released Thursday. According to the early survey of the 2016 battleground state, the former Secretary of State leads her closest rival, Representative Paul Ryan of Wisconsin, by nine points. She tops all of the other GOP contenders by double digits. When reached for a comment, GOP Chairman Rance Priebus said, Benghazi! 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 And that's been Fake News with me.
Time for another episode of CSI Crime Song Investigation. Fangirls here with me on the case. Hey, yo. And you know what uh, we're doing, right? You know, with, with the, the two, the suspect and the plaintiff? or Vaguely. Vaguely, okay. All right. Well, uh, looks like you two is uh, showing up on the scene. Yes. I'm going to whip off the sunglasses <laughs> and say, looks like you two should have kept it invisible. All right, so this uh, case actually came to us via a way of our friend Brian. Yes, it did. Yes, it did. And uh, just to give you folks a little bit of background, of course, so U2 has a new single out. They uh, were playing it on uh, uh, Jimmy Fallon's show. They did that live on the uh, on the new Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon. And uh, our friend Brian posted it. And uh, a buddy of his actually said, you know, the beginning of this sounds like something else. So we're going to play the, uh, the beginning of the U2 track, and we'll play uh, the plaintiff in the matter. Uh, after that. So here's you two, the new single Invisible. Okay, before Bono starts crooning there, I'm going to uh, play you the uh, the plaintiff in the case. And I didn't even pick up on this, but like I said, my friend Brian's friend picked up on it. Uh, we'll play the beginning of the other song. Aha! <laughs> How did I not pick that up, huh? Yeah, really. I'm surprised I didn't hear about this more. I guess when they were talking about it on Facebook, I guess Dad was under the impression that I did listen to it, but my cover was so blown I, when he played it right now, and I went, oh my god, that is I, so true! I, I tagged you in the Facebook update, but I guess you weren't paying attention. Yeah. You are probably doing like schoolwork or something crazy Yeah, like I get that. like notifications from Dad during the school day, like, oh my god, the 1975 was on BBC One. There you like, go. Thanks. <laughs> anyway, uh, getting back to the case here, once the song gets rolling by you 2 it's, it's not as uh, obvious, but the beginning... Uh, do sound awfully similar. Let's play them on top of each other. And Fangirl saying that just sounds obnoxious together, but I think that'd be a good mashup. It'd be a good mashup if they were like lined up proper. Okay. Uh, they were. I lined them right up uh, perfectly. That could be a, a, an awesome mashup. Um, so two things. The U2 song, actually, once it gets going, sounds like it could have come off of OMD's last album with that, that keyboard, <laughs> that rear, 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 that, that, that sound. Yeah, so that's, there's that. And then people are probably saying, well, yeah, but in, who knows the song Enola Gay for crying out loud. Yeah. <laughs> Me. Yeah. Well, I submit as evidence okay. to you, I looked this up today, Enola Gay went to number 14 on the Irish chart. So clearly, on the Irish chart. Well, where, where do you think U two is from? 
Good point. Ah, uh, there you go. See, this is why I'm the lead investigator. Oh. And you're just and my deputy. I'm just, yeah. You're just, uh, yeah, you're just I'm work- just here for a different voice, you're just for work- a change of pace. Exactly. There's a work in the lab. All right. <laughs> well, I think it's, uh, what do you think? I think it's a pretty open and shut case. It pretty much is. All right. Well, there you go. All right. So. Uh, this is just- the most intense one since Lily Allen versus Ace of Base. I think so. Yeah. All right. So that's, uh, okay, well, that's, uh, that's it for Crime Song Investigation. But we have a little bit more uh, to come. Hold on. It just feels weird if we don't have the outro music for that bit. <laughs> it, the bit feels incomplete. All right, so um, friends of the show, Hot Shell Ray, uh, have a new uh, single yes. out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, to this day, whenever we hear this, la la la, whatever, la la la, it doesn't matter, la la la, oh well, la la la, we're going at it tonight, tonight. There's a party on the rooftop, top of the world tonight. Uh, we are very happy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's still, it's still a great tune. Probably one of the best pop songs of the millennium. Ever. Uh, uh, meaning, or maybe even ever, yeah. Well ever. done. Uh, but since then, it hasn't gone too well for the boys. Yeah, I feel bad. I know, they're such nice boys. Now, uh, uh, Ian Kegi left the group. He, I believe, blasphemy. Bass, I know, right? But, um, and you know, their other singles uh, haven't done as well, and they have a new album out, and they released a single from it called Hung Up Back in the Fall, which was okay, but they have a new single out, and we're going to give you a blast of that right now. Come on, don't say goodnight with the stars in the sky. Let's wait till tomorrow paints the sun across the night. I see you love in your eyes, and if you see it in mine, Let's wait till tomorrow. Don't say good, say good. Please don't say good. Check cashed and I'm ready for the weekend. Uh, now this part here kind of sounds like their uh, their typical formula. Yeah. Wouldn't you say? Yeah. But um, it, when it uh, gets back into the hook, though, I think they take in a little different direction. And uh, one of the things to work out well for them. In her work uniform, but she's still bad. Take a deep breath and don't be shy Don't you worry about tomorrow Cause tomorrow ain't tonight Just kick back, let the universe align Come on, don't say goodnight With the stars in the sky Let's wait till tomorrow Paints the sun across the night I see love in your eyes And if you see Uh, pretty good, I think. What do you think, fangirl? I like it a lot, actually. Exactly. I think it's probably their second best tune, and hopefully it'll be a, a big smash top 40 hit. Available uh, in iTunes, and um, it's actually available in Freegal, which I don't think they get much money. <laughs> uh, they do get paid if you buy it in Freegal, because you don't buy it, you get it for free if you have a library card. But um, if you get it in Freegal, I don't think the boys make as much money, so maybe want to plonk down the 99 cents and pick that up. Okay, so again, fr- good friends of the show, terribly nice boys, and we just wanted to give you a, a blast of that. Sam Tripoli is a stand-up comedian best known for his no-holds-bar style, as well as being the host of The Naughty Show, which is a live stage show, as well as a popular podcast. Here now is our interview with Sam Tripoli.
right, joining us on PF Tape Recorder, Sam Tripoli. Sam, how you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on the, your your show. I appreciate it, man. Hey, no problem, man. Um, so I've interviewed you for print before. We did this uh, like a year and a half ago, and um, I know in yeah. other interviews you've. Uh, I heard you won a couple of awards off that. What's that? I heard you won a couple of awards <laughs> from that amazing interview. I, I should live so long. Um, I should live so long. Uh, yeah, a guy at our college radio station used to say that, and it stuck with me for 20 years. I think he got it from. Uh, I like that. Uh, that old timey comedian. I can't remember his name. He was. Oh shoot! It's gonna drive me nuts now. Uh, old Borscht Belt guy he used to say that. Jesus Christ. Uh, yeah, that could have been him too. Um, so anyway, as you you famously said in other interviews, and you said it when I spoke to you that you pretty much had wanted to be a comedian since uh, you you were conscious. Yeah. From the moment I can remember, I, it's all I've ever wanted to do. I remember as a small kid, just dreaming of doing comedy. I remember one time a vacuum salesman came to my house. This is how long ago this was. A vacuum salesman came to my house, and I tried to make him laugh by throwing a banana on the floor and trying to make him like I was slipping. Uh, I have friends of mine from high school that told me they remember me doing stand-up on, um, on desks in a kindergarten class, so... As, as far as I can remember, that's always been my dream. So when you're five years old and the, and the vacuum cleaner salesman shows up, where does that sensibility come from? Was maybe watching cartoons or what What infused that? Or yeah. You... I don't know. I just found it was a way to uh, get attention probably, most likely. My brother was very great. And my brother, who was even younger than me, but was already showing signs of being good at sports. And I was completely mediocre at that. Art was always my thing, you know, whether it was comedy or drawing and painting. But, you know... Just, I was an attention whore. It was a great way not to get beat up. That's what people don't oh, yeah, understand. Yeah. That a lot of humor comes from survival. Yeah. And, you know, Hollywood's biggest thing right now is that they want to make really young, good-looking people be the funny people, and some of them are, but they're very rare because, you know, comedy is survival, man. It's the only way to get attention and not get beat up. Uh, and what... How do you think we uh, can, can push past that, though? I mean, it, is that is that isn't that what comedy's job is to do uh, in the end, though, is to kind of uh, fight back against the, the convention? Uh, convention of what Hollywood or yeah. convention of what uh, or Hollywood uh, or anything, any convention. Well, you know, it, <clears throat> you know, it is what it is, man. I mean, Hollywood's going to do whatever Hollywood wants to do, and that's fine. And you know, I live in Hollywood. I always tell people, if you don't like Hollywood, you could always move. The beauty is, is that there's the internet now, and if you're creative enough, you work hard enough, you can find a little following, and you can uh, make a great living from it. There you go. Great, good, adequate, not homeless, whatever level you want to get to, there you can you can do it, man. And you know, I'm a great example. I had a television show on Spike TV, but and that was a little while ago, a couple of years ago. But really, all my following on the internet is pretty much based off of me doing podcasts and other people's podcasts and Twitter, you know tweeting and all that stuff, which was, you know, wasn't available before. And, and in a weird way, it's almost like it goes back to the old school days of when, you know, you would have to go city to city and get a following. Now you don't have to go city to city, but you have to do it tweet for tweet, podcast for podcast. You have to take your podcast. You have to put it in certain places so these people can find you. It's, you know, almost like the days of doing Carson and all of a sudden you're humongous, those things are almost gone. Oh, yeah. So, you know, it's, you have to work, but it's almost in an old-school way. It's an old-school way with a new-school twist. There you go. 
And do you find that when you turn up in a town, maybe you know some people brought their buddies, and then it kind of has the the opposite effect, like people coming to see you. All of a sudden, uh, has you people has people looking for you on podcasts so they can get more of you before you show up, you know, uh, nine or ten or twelve months later in their town again. Are you saying okay? Uh, are you saying that some people might not know the podcast to show up? They don't know who I am, or yeah, or maybe are you, friends are brought you them or. Like a, a pro- I'm sorry. Yeah, like friends brought them, or maybe they just you know we have people that come to the comedy clubs here that they're just it's a thing to do to go out to the to the comedy club. Some people, you know, most people know who the headliner is because they're comedy fans. But you know, you get those people that say, hey, let's just try this, or they see you, you know, they. Yeah, you're always going to run into that as a comedian. I mean, I've seen some of my favorites, guys who are just cold blood assassins, and you see them in a show where it's like, okay, obviously these people just came to a comedy show. Sometimes it goes well, sometimes it crashes and burns. But if you're a professional, you've been doing it for a while, you have enough tools on your tool belt, you're able to deal with all the situations. You know, I kind of take pride in that, that, you know, I have different sets for different rooms, and I can play the room based on the, you know, almost two decades of doing comedy. Now, uh, start with the podcast, are you still doing the, the uh, Naughty TV thing or the Naughty Show live? Uh, that... Yeah, man, I'm oh, driving cool. to Vegas right now to do the Naughty Show at the Hard Rock Casino in Vegas. And oh, awesome. uh, have vinyl in Las Vegas. Oh, what a great room. The, uh, AVN Expo. What a great room. We saw a yellow card there, and uh, we are the in crowd, and uh, yeah. That is a I cool... love that room, right? Yeah. I love that room, man. This is going to be our third time there within a year, which is pretty good, three times within one year, to play that gorgeous rock venue, and we're just blessed. And, you know, it's like I've always kind of set up a couple dates that I play every year, and, you know, Comic-Con in San Diego is one, and the other one is... This one, I love to play the AVN uh, Expo. It's a lot of fun. It's my crowd shows up, and it's just a great time. And that's so and you're kind chaos. of you're returning to your adopted home, sort of. In a weird way, yeah, man. Went to college out there. I come back. Vegas just gets it. I like Vegas. Oh yeah, Vegas is kind of blue collar LA. That's why I call it. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a good way to put it. And a lot of blue pe- blue collar people from California tend to show up. Uh, we'll do record. You know, you know, you know how you. You're in a blue-collar town when there's still rock and roll. Yeah. You know, rock and roll is still God. And, uh, you know, you go out there, Cleveland's like that, you know. And yep. Vegas is definitely like that. You can go there and actually go to rock clubs. There's rock stations that are thriving that play real metal. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Not like this kind of emotional crap that I'm hearing. Yeah, it's strange. Cause it, people don't realize a lot of bands have come out of Las Vegas in the past couple of years. Uh, Killers, Imagine Dragons. Uh, and it, people yeah, just great ones. A Panic at the Disco, I think, is from yes. Vegas too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even yeah. though I don't listen to them, but they are from out there. But yeah, man, I was out in Vegas and you know a long time ago. I got to go see Tool in a very small venue back when Maynard actually appeared on stage, which was cool. And you know, it's like it's a great rock. I mean, like metal, death metal, speed metal, all have great venues out there. It's a rock and town. Got a great rock scene, but it, it, like. There's not, it just doesn't seem like there's metal everywhere I go. It's hip hop, and that's What's strange because because LA gave us uh, uh, Stone Temple Pilots and Guns and Roses, and I know that's not metal, but that's still that's that's rockier than what you'd find now, I suppose. Yeah, man. I mean, I've been blessed. I've done shows at the Viper Room over the last couple of years. I've, I was uh, I've been blackballed from a couple of rock clubs out here. Huh. I got blackballed from uh, the Key Club because I was hosting a. Uh, bikini contest and this is back when I got paid in dream tickets not actual money huh. and I got maybe my highest pay to that was like 
thirty green tickets, and I definitely cashed in my tickets. And at the end of the round, the power round, the uh, one of the girls decided she went wanted to go Game of Thrones and just get naked on stage, which where I'm from, naked beats bikini every day. Yeah. Oh yeah. All day, every day. So I didn't even look at one. I just put the crown on the girl. Apparently, the <laughs> owner's girlfriend was in it. She didn't want to get naked. I got thrown out by on my ass, and I got pulled over by the cops. And I'm like, I've learned something with police officers. They want two things. They want honesty and dick jokes. <laughs> so I told them, come on, girl. Don't walk so How are you, buddy? Hey, real quick. Come here real quick. Come here. Say, I'm doing a podcast right now. This is Gerard Carmichael. He's going to say something real quick. All right. Hello, everyone. That's it. Yeah, dude, I just put the future on your podcast, bro. All right, Good man. To see you. I've heard that the Gerard Carmichael. I've heard the name. Yeah, he's going to be huge, dude. He's the next thing. That's going to be your soundbite right there. You play forever. All right, cool. I'll do that at the teaser uh, and come into the. Yeah. All right, cool. Yeah, he's future, dude. That guy's great. He, he, uh, I did show, but yeah. So, anyways, I told the cops about what happened, and they gave me a police escort home. <laughs> there you go. All right. Well, you're you're living life right then. Um, getting back to Vegas for a second, I wanted to add because you actually came from New York, and like you said, you went to college in in Las Vegas. And I know you it was only a ruse to satisfy your parents. But what did you pretend to study uh, at UNLV? Oh, psychology, dude. Okay. I wanted to be a psych major because I love the movie Silence of the Lambs. Oh, okay. And, and I just was like, I want to play mind games with people and basic instinct too. That's weird. You, you know, whenever Sharon Stone flies that beaver, I'm like, that's my job. That's what I want. I want to be in that world. It's funny you should say that because there was a thing on NPR the other day about how Silence of the Lambs inspired a lot of people to join the FBI. And here you're saying it. Yeah. No, that's interesting. Well, and uh, it inspired me to try to become a master criminal. <laughs> there you go. Um, so, and then with Las Vegas, I know a lot of people think of, you know, think of it as the, we were saying a lot of bands came there, but a lot of people outside of Vegas, of course, think of the strip and that kind of entertainment, but don't realize it's actually a whole separate town. This has an entertainment, you know, a local entertainment scene like any other town. Yeah. Well, you know, a lot of people, uh, you know, like, oh, I hate, I hate Vegas. I can't stand the casinos. I'm like, well, when I go there, I really don't, I don't, I'm not really a casino guy. I hang out with all the, the friends I went to college with and all the local comedians. And there's just a great scene. It's a there's a great scene, man. It's very cool to go there. I mean, it's kind of like Hollywood, where everybody's in the casino business a little bit, but they really do enjoy like really like great entertainment. It's like you know they just love like kind of rock and roll in your face stuff, which I love to do, man. I've had so much fun. You know, and the, you know, there's a lot of strip clubs there now, and they're building theaters in these strip clubs. They're building these giant theaters next to their strip clubs because they're trying to get another way to get people to come in and enjoy the show that it aren't necessarily... Because I, I think there's a rule you can't get naked and sell liquor, so they got to come up with a way to to be able to sell booze. And one thing they came up with is, you know, do uh, non-nudity variety acts. So yeah. these incredible strip clubs who all look like third-world dictators' mansions. <laughs> like, they all look like Sedan and James like second third house it's like his baby mama's house like these gaudy like giant strip clubs and they're building theaters now so you see people doing a lot of shows in these theaters so there's a ton of venues to do entertainment 
And, you know, everybody keeps saying Vegas is dying, but when I go there, it's always packed. No, no, it's and still hopping. My, my theory is that Vegas, in order to thrive, has to legalize everything just short of heroin. <laughs> um, just below it. Everything else goes. So would you ever, uh, I know you got a lot of things going on in L.A. and around the country, but would you ever, you know, consider at one point in your career maybe having a, a the permanent gig there? Because I know some people like that. That's, a, that's what I'm working on right now. I actually ah. have people coming out to watch the show. Oh, cool. Working on that. My goal is kind of have something on the weekends, maybe in Vegas, then go out and tour the country in Canada, you know, during the week, and then maybe do my podcast in uh, L.A., on either Sundays or Mondays or Tuesdays. One of those work it out, so. Ah, that sounds cool. Yeah, man, I'd like to do that. You know, there's a podcast, both get bigger and bigger. I have two of them, The Naughty Show and Punch Drunk Sports, and they're both doing very well, and they get bigger and bigger. As they get bigger, you know, it's really cool when people show up in your T-shirt to your show in a city you've never been to, or they start shouting out things from your show. It's so cool and such a blessing that, you know, and either you're funny or you're not. That's what I've learned. So it's either you sink or you swim. Yeah. And that's the blessing of it. You know, I, I was doing a podcast with somebody else, and we were talking about, you know, television versus, you know, podcasting the Internet and why there's not a lot of women in podcasting. And I think because television is, I feel like it's a giant vehicle that caters to women because the marketers, marketers know women are like 60 and 70% of the buying power. So television's there, and sometimes if you don't fit into what they think women want to see, you've got to find a way. It's almost like Jurassic Park, where life finds a way. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You've got to find a way to get your name out there and do your thing, and that's why podcasting, and that's why podcasting is very male-dominant, because these guys want to find a way to express themselves and get a following. And you're, you're famous uh, for, you know, uh, avoiding political correctness and things, but... Um do you, is there ever a point where maybe where there is a limit, or is it you know it, it's funny, it's funny, and you know the, chi- the chips, as it were, uh, fall where they may? Uh, I, I I just don't understand the notion of just trying to make it so people can express themselves, and the notion that if you're offended, it's like the worst thing in the world, and the sky is falling, and anarchy is breaking out, and society is crumbling because you don't you're offended by a joke and. The problem with political correctness, dude, is it has too much fine print. There's too much fine print with it. The rules are applied to some people that aren't applied to others, and ultimately that is what the civil rights movement is against. It was against having rules for some and, and other rules for others. So you see where the rules get... I, I watch it all the time, where one rule, one guy says something, and everyone just goes crazy on him, and then someone else who's kind of an insider says it, and nobody cares. So I, I decided to self BS. And I'm going to say what I want, and if you like it, you like it, and if you don't, you don't. Yep. Don't come to the show. I get it, man. There's literally 5,000 stand-up comedians. You can see, there's one who's going to do exactly what you want. Comedians are like strippers at Spearmint Rhino in Las Vegas. Whatever kind you want, there's one waiting there for you. Yep, and now, like you said, with the internet, they're easy to find. Yeah, so if you like your stuff really, you know, it's like the, the thing I love about the comic strip is that they, or excuse me, the House of Comedy, is that they actually put out a thing going, hey, there's adult language here. He says stuff what he wants to. If you're not into that, this might not be the show for you. I'm cool with that. Don't get me wrong. I like to walk a table or two. Sure. Let me know my Kung Fu's powerful. But, you know, at the end of the day, I'd rather have someone come and have fun, people who like this stuff, than someone who gets all antsy and upset about just, 
you know, sometimes they'll tell true stories and people get so angry, but I'm like, you know, that's a true story. That really happened. So what are you getting angry about? Yeah, and that's, a, you know, a lot of people like uh, a little truth in their comedy. 100%, man. 100%. Yep. And that's, you know, that's what I think it's about. I, I, you know, I, some people just like comedy that's broad strokes about things that we already all agree upon, and that's not really what I'm about. Yep. Okay, man. Well, it sounds like things are going well for you, and uh, continued success to you. I, th- I appreciate take, taking real time. Quick? Yeah. From, I got to tell you that Rick and Tammy Bronson, are li- we were just talking about on my other podcast, are literally two of the best owners of comedy clubs you will ever meet in your life. I've done their shows. They're two clubs. I did the show that they, they own a club in, uh, in, in uh, Edmonton. I've literally gotten off stage, and both times I was there, they both asked me if I could work dirtier. I've huh. never gotten that from any other club owners ever. They That's treat you like gold. The crowds are great. And uh, whatever city they own a comedy club in, you know, that city should be very thankful. Yeah. Because they are such great comedy people. They is, love comedy. It is a great they comedy town. Comedy almost over business. And that is, you don't see that a lot. And that's why, you know, I'm blessed to be ever, to ever play their clubs, man. I love yep. playing their clubs. And I think the world of those two. Cool. Yeah, it is a great comedy town, and uh, uh, good luck when you're uh, up there in Minneapolis, and thanks, Dan, for taking the time, man. Hey, I don't know how funny it was, but I'm very thankful that you uh, asked, to do, asked me to do your podcast. Okay, yeah, thanks for being on, Sam. Appreciate it. Take care, All right. boss. All right, bye-bye. Bye. Thanks again to Sam Tripoli for being on the show. You can catch Sam live in Portland, Oregon on March 18th. He'll be headlining at the Fun House, and then he'll be going up the road on March 19th to Seattle, Washington, where he'll be headlining the Highline Comedy Club. And for all things Sam Tripoli, why don't you go to samtripoli.com. You can also find links to The Naughty Show. And again, as you heard in the interview, he's trying to make that a kind of a permanent show in Las Vegas that he'll do on the weekends, and then, you know, go out to the rest of the country uh, the rest of the time, so uh, be looking for that. Okay, so uh, just a little quick announcement here. We're going to try and do something a little new on the tape recorder in the next couple of weeks. Uh, the, the show's still going to follow the same format most of the time, but we're going to try and do uh, uh, these special episodes uh, every now and then. I will uh, fill you in more as it comes together. I've already uh, reached out to the first guest uh, that I want to have on this uh, new version uh, that we're doing. So um, just to give you kind of a little idea, it's going to kind of be like People of a certain age might remember this. Back in the 70s, uh, NBC had their mystery theater on Sunday night, and it, it rotated between uh, Columbo, McLeod, McMillan and Wife, and uh, I can't remember what the other one was. Uh, but it rotated between those shows, and that's what this is going to kind of be like. Just every now and then we'll have one of these special shows. And I still think it's within the umbrella of PS Tape Recorder. So instead of starting a whole new podcast and going through all that rigmarole, uh, we're going to try this out. And I think you dig it, too. So we'll, we'll see. But uh, I'll keep you posted on how that is going. Uh, go through the usual credits here. Uh, like the Tape Recorder on Facebook, of course. Just PS Tape Recorder up in the Facebook search bar. And then follow me on Twitter at PF66. PS Tape Recorder logo designed by Dan Coble. You can follow him at TigerDactyl. Just sounds uh, spelled just like it sounds. Uh, he's on Twitter there. And then, of course, Dan and Logan's podcast, Magic Potion, can be found in iTunes. Just search iTunes for Magic Potion Podcast. And let me see. Oh, yeah, music uh, performed and composed by John Varopoulos and Doug O'Connor with a little help from me. And uh, that is all of the business we have for this week's show, other than to say so long and thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.